someone said that dry eyed Christianity is too much in the head and not enough in the heart. Mm-hmm. Amen. I'll tell you, uh, we do need to weep for our country. Amen. We are in a mess. I'm glad I'm saved. Amen. And uh, on the way to heaven. And uh, what a blessing. Amen. I was, uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead turn to Ecclesiastes, chapter number one. I have a picture here, a couple pictures of my wife and I. There we are when we were a little bit younger. And uh, we had a little bit of hair then. And then here we are a little more recent, amen, my wife and I. Her name is Deanna. And uh, we had four children. And uh, Deanna and I did. And, and this was in 2013. This was probably like last year. And uh, anyway, um, here's our family from our union. We've got four children, Joe, Janine, Jake, and Jenna. And then we have 13 grandchildren, and we have uh, one great-grandchild. So I'm a, uh, I'm a great-grandpa. Can y'all believe that? I don't look that old, do I? And uh, I'm not. We just got started early, amen. But anyway, uh, we love our family. My youngest son, Jake, is a pastor in uh, Gospel Life Baptist Church in, in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. Planted that church. They just celebrated their second anniversary. And uh, took a little fixer-upper building, and they got it really looking nice, and and they're just reaching people and growing, and I'm real proud of him. And, and uh, he's redheaded. My two baby ones are, are redheaded. Of course, he's like 6'4". They're all grown. But anyway, uh, my oldest son, Joe, is our youth pastor. He's worked uh, with us for years, and, and I'm real proud of him. And, and uh, thank God for my family. Amen. And Joshua said, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And I'm glad that my, my kids, that we're serving the Lord together, and we thank the Lord for that and the blessing and, and all of that. But... <clears throat> Years ago, uh, I, I spent a lot of time when I'm home with, with my grandkids, you know, and, and I, I noticed uh, Pastor's wife got uh, got revived tonight just seeing the little granddaughter. Amen. And, uh, amen. If nobody else got revived, she did. Amen. That's a blessing. But um, years ago, uh, I was deer hunting on a clear cut with, with one of my grandsons. He was nine years old. And tonight we call him Jag, and, and, and Jag's redheaded, and he getting real late, and, and uh, he tapped me on the knee, and he said, whispered, he said, he pointed right down, I mean, it came out right beside him, I couldn't even see the deer, you know, we was getting ready to, it's almost too late to shoot, you know, getting right there, you know, time there where you wouldn't go shoot no more, and uh, just got barely under the radar on that, but anyway, I just went like that, and I eased up, and, and I made an incredible seven-yard shot. Amen. <laughs> he said, uh, you know, he had his hands on his ears like that. And he said, Papa, did we get him? I said, we smoked him. And so anyway, uh, he was all excited and all of that. Well, long about that time, Jag was, uh, you know, he's nine years old. And we had watch night service at our church, you know, where we let all the preachers preach, you know, in the New Year's Eve service and have good, good singing. And probably about 10 o'clock, we'd break and have fellowship and come back and we always gather around at the end of the year and pray. The whole church gathered around joint hands. We pray the new year in after we had all this preaching, you know, and it was really good, good times. Well, Jag asked me, he said, Papa, he said, can I preach? And, you know, we just let, you know, pretty much those that want to preach, we let him preach, you know, and he never preached before. And, you know, he had his little suit and tie on, and he walked up to the pulpit, and he opened his Bible, and you know, he's nine years old, and, and he said, open your Bibles to First Peter 5, 8. Said, uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I was sitting there thinking, I thought, wow, there's a lot of big words there for a little boy. I just kind of wondered what he was going to say. 
And he said, uh, he said this. He said, uh, he said, I just want to be a good boy. I just want to be a good boy. He said, the devil's right around the corner. And I don't know where this came from. But he said, I don't want to listen to rock music. <laughs> That's what he said. I don't want to listen to rock music. And, uh, and then he just said, I just want to be a good boy. Senior said, uh, "Do right till the stars fall. Do right." He said, "If it said the right to do right, it's for right to do right and right now." Amen. I just want you to do right, and what a blessing! Earlier this year, actually last year, I've had problems with my prostate count being high, and uh, it's supposed to be one to four, and it seemed like my normal was like eight to nine, and so uh, that's too high. It's way too high. And so we uh, had a biopsy done, and. and uh,
but my wife was there with me, and uh, we drove my truck because I wasn't. I was going to come home with the catheter, and I wasn't comfortable doing that on an airplane. Uh, even though they say people do it all the time, but I just wasn't one of those people. And so anyway, uh, my son Joe flew down and helped us drive back home after the surgery. That was a blessing. We stayed in the prophet's chamber in Pensacola, going and coming uh, at Pensacola Baptist Temple. Thank God for places like that for preachers where you have motels. We're trying to keep our expenses down. And, and uh, but anyway, God just met the needs, and, and and it was out of my insurance network. All that cost me thirty-one thousand five hundred with the MRI, the biopsy, and the surgery, and. My insurance in Arkansas paid, paid $606. Isn't that terrible? You'd think if they really loved me or cared about me, they would have paid a lot more because now I'm cancer-free, you know, but it's a, I don't know about all that stuff. But anyway, um, so I had issues with so much swelling and inflammation beyond the surgery that I had to have the cat. I had five different catheters, and I had to have them for like five weeks, you know, and so I'm preaching at my church with a catheter, and, you know, I'm just kind of getting by, and, People can tell that, you know, I'm not, you know, it's not my A game, if you know what I mean. I mean, I'm just getting by. But, um, so, finally, um, they just, finally things started working again. They filled my bladder up, things started working, and that was a blessing. It was a big blessing. Well, anyway, the first meeting that I went to was a men's meeting, and I preach out a lot for a pastor. I stretch the envelope on that. But, anyway, so I'm preaching in Greenbrier, Arkansas. And there's a, a pastor from New York by the name of Joe Bassett. Brother Bassett's a big guy. He's got like artificial maybe legs or whatever. And he's walking up to the platform on the, uh, all his crutches and kind of getting situated. His wife's like the only lady in the building. And she's playing the piano. They're going to sing together before he preaches. He's the keynote speaker. But I'm doing one of the breakout sessions. You know, they have different pastors do breakout sessions. And so I was so excited because I started Going to the bathroom by myself again on Tuesday, and, uh, and then this is on Saturday, and they had a backup plan in case I couldn't. I know this is way too much information. But uh, anyway, um, the Bassett gets up there, and he tells the story, uh, and uh, said that the old matriarch, uh, the old mama in the family uh, that everybody went to for prayer, the old grandma, family that everybody went to when they had a problem, they'd go to Granny and get their prayers answered. And, and uh, well, anyway, she, she went home to be with the Lord. And her daughter, I think her daughter's name's Kyla Rowland, and Kyla wrote the song, Somebody Go Get God. Somebody Go Get God. Mama's gone now. Somebody's got to go get God. We just sat there, and they sang that song, and they had the Lord just come down and got a hold of my heart because I was so thankful. When I need God the most, somebody, somebody went and got God for me. And you know, they say you can do it the George Mueller way, pray and not tell anybody, or you can do it the Lee Robertson way, pray and tell everybody. I'm more in line with Brother Lee Robertson. I, mean, I was praying, but I was telling everybody because I didn't know who was able to get a hold of God. But somebody went and got a hold of God for me. You know, and that just meant so much to me. And, uh, I've been real careful. You know, in the Bible it says where there are not ten cleansed when the lepers, remember those ten lepers that got healed? It says where there are not ten cleansed. And then it says, but, but where are the nine? You know, only one returned to glorify God. And so I know y'all don't know me real well, but you know me pretty well. Because 
filling all the beans on you, so to speak. Now, I'm going to ask the men that would just maybe come forward. Bridget, if it's okay, I'm just going to sit down here and let y'all kind of get. You don't have to kneel. You can just come and stand. But I'd like for y'all to come and thank the Lord for helping me get better. I want to give glory to God. And I don't want to run past being better. So those of you that are able to and would like to, preacher, you could kind of do whatever you're for. Just uh, one of the men to pray or to pray yourself. But, you know, I'm glad I'm here with y'all. I'm glad I'm back up in Rome, so to speak. And, uh, and God's a great physician, isn't he? Amen. He does all things well, but I sure am glad that he took my case. Amen, if you know what I mean. And uh, I just want to thank the Lord for you know that somebody went without God for me, and I know y'all, you know, the Bible says that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord's not going to hear my prayers, and that's why we need revival so we get our hearts clean so we can keep our prayers being answered because somebody's going to need your prayers just like I needed and still do need people's prayers. But I'm going back now, and I just want to say to God, God, thank you for helping me. So I'm asking y'all to come. Thank the Lord. Help me. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to honor you and give you all the honor and glory for what has happened in this young man's life. He served you his whole life. He's part of a long line of believers and servants that found himself with a very serious problem. And someone reached out and touched his body through you. And I thank you for touching his body giving him a new life, a new lease on life that he can go forth and continue serving you. We thank you, and I thank you for each of those opportunities to hear, to rejoice along with him, to see what you can do in the life of someone that loves you and has given himself to you. So I pray that you'll continue to bless him, continue to use him, and bring him to lead this church as he leaves to preach and share with other people. It's not easy for a church to do. But I thank you for his generosity and living the best of us Thank you so much for him being here this week, for his unique way of communicating the gospel, for the stories that he shares that unite us, even though we've never met the man before, we feel like he's part of us, he is. Part of so thank you for him. Thank you for the miracle you did in his life. Thanks for the years that he has to serve you. Thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and glory for God. Amen. 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 Said, I, I believe if I'd have been the only little red-headed boy that had ever been born, that Jesus would have came and died for me. Amen. I'm glad he's my Savior. And uh, he's a great physician. Amen. He is. And uh, he's touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He's in me when we heard the earth with us. Well, tonight, um, and thank you all for that, but Ecclesiastes, uh, we're thinking about revival. And. Uh, I was thinking about that somebody go get caught. You know, uh, if, if we're not careful, you know, we live uh, in a culture where, you know, the, the baseball, hot dog, apple pie, and Chevrolet, or Ford, or whatever, you know, but I'm just saying that, you know, kind of the American dream, and we can get to where we think 
you know, and we have our own ideas, and we can get to where we're just trying to climb the ladder and trying to go after temporal things. And temporal things are temporary. Amen? And eternal things last forever. And I just think if we're going to have revival, I'm talking about an old-timey, heaven-sent, Holy Ghost revival. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and then he said, and seek my face. And I think, you know, we, we've got to keep pushing that reset button on seeking his face. Right. Are you with me? I mean, we can almost be living in our own little sideshow, you know, and doing what we want to do. And then it's kind of like we're asking God to bless what we're doing. It doesn't have anything to do with, you know, how many of y'all know people like that? They don't really want you to give them counsel. They want to tell you what they've already decided. And then they want you to agree with what they've decided. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how many of y'all know people like that, you know? And they're just wanting you to agree with them. And listen, sometimes that can be good. It could be the will of God. But sometimes it might not have anything to do with the will of God. They're just looking for somebody to kind of back them up on what they've already decided. Well, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon's an old man. Uh, someone has said it's an autobiography of his life. He, you know, in Proverbs, a lot of my son, you know, give me thine heart. Uh, you know, keep thy heart with all diligence. A lot of instruction in the book of, I love the Proverbs. The Proverbs are amazing. They're wise saying. Before you can get just nugget after nugget after nugget through the Proverbs. But Ecclesiastes, you know, he's kind of uh, looking back over his life, and he's older, okay, and he's reflecting back. And I just want you to look here in, in uh, Ecclesiastes, and we'll give you the message, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. And it says in uh, verse number uh, 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And look, it says, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What's vanity mean? That just means it's empty. And there's a lot of vanities in the book of Proverbs, okay? There, I mean, in the book of Ecclesiastes. There's a lot of them, okay? And uh, there's another little statement there. It says, What profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? Everybody look at me. When you view life from under the sun, you're viewing life from a human perspective, okay? And uh, a lot of Christian people are kind of falling into that trap, okay? We're talking about revival, okay? I think I'm going in and out. Am I going in and out a little bit or no? Mm -hmm. Let me change the batteries or you want to do that real quick or no? Let me get you this one. Well, okay, there it is right here. We might be getting close, I think. passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. Now, I want to give you this uh, four things that Solomon went after, okay? And again, he's kind of coaching us. He's older now, looking back over his life, and uh, and he's just kind of letting us know, you know what to do, what not to do. Now, look at verse number 13. Number one, he went after wisdom. The Bible says in verse number 13, uh, and I gave my heart to seek and search out my wisdom concerning all things that are done uh, under heaven. That's another statement that's mentioned a lot. Under heaven, this sort of veil hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I've seen all uh, all the works that are done under the sun. There's that little statement again. And behold, that's a stop, look, and listen word. Behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. 
That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. I commune with my own heart, saying, Lo, I have come to great estate and gotten more wisdom than all they that were before me in Jerusalem. Gave my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I gave my heart to no wisdom and to no madness and folly. I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. Verse number 18, For much wisdom is much free, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Now, let me just be real careful, first of all, to say this, that Solomon went after wisdom, but there's a difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. You study the book of James, and the book of James kind of says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So I need God's wisdom. Now, are you with me on that? I have to raise my hand and say, Lord, I don't know. I'm like little you know, Solomon. I was a little child. I don't know whether to go out or come in. Amen. I need God to guide me. Amen. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, through this old barren land. Amen. I need God to, to guide me. And by the way, when God guides you, he'll lead you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. And what a blessing that is to have God guide you. But I'm just saying this, that you know the difference between man's wisdom, the Bible says that man's wisdom is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And if you stood before God and all you had was the wisdom of man, had all these degrees on your wall, and you stood before God, you're going to find out that that's not where it's at with God. That's vanity. It's empty. And then, I mean, I'm not talking about being a dummy. There's no premium on being a dummy. I think you ought to, you know, get, get, do the best you can with what God gave you. Amen. But uh, anyway, uh, I got stories popped in my head right now. Uh, illustrations. Amen. And. Uh, Somebody told old Dr. R.G. Lee, he's an old preacher, you know, and uh, he, he was getting you in his 90s, about ready to go home be the Lord or whatever old he was. But uh, one of the guys at a camp meeting said, uh, Dr. Lee, when you die, I want your brain. And old Dr. Lee said, son, he said, you can't put uh, grand piano works in a honky-tonk case, oh. amen. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, God, God gives some people a little more than other people, but... But anyway, uh, but the wisdom of God is, is gentle and peaceable and without partiality and without hypocrisy. And I, I need God's wisdom. Are you listening to me? But Solomon, he's talking about going after man's wisdom. And he said, I did all that. And we know he's the wisest man ever lived apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. But he said, it's vanity. It was empty. That's not where it's at. And uh, number two, secondly, and uh, again, we're thinking about seeking the Lord's face, okay? So Solomon, he went after wisdom. Number two, he went after women. Uh-oh. And you know that? You know the story? Solomon had 700 wives. That's a handful. I got my handful of one. Can you imagine Solomon trying to kiss his pastor? Can you imagine trying to kiss his wives goodnight? He would be buying blistics and, 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 and chapstick. Well, I mean, it'd take a while to get 700 of them. <laughs> Christmas would be a nightmare. Birthdays, I mean, how would you keep up with all that? A little boy went to Sunday school. He said, Mommy, you ain't going to believe it, but he said it's in the Bible. He said Solomon had 700 wives and 300 porcupines. <laughs> no, it wasn't porcupines, it was concubines. And if you study Solomon's life, you know his wives turned his heart away from the Lord. And so again, Vanity of vanities, going after wisdom, going after women, it's vain, it's vain. Are y'all with me? Vain. The third one is this, he went after wine. He went after wine, and uh, well, let me show you, the, the, the verse number, chapter 2, verse number 1, he went after women. 
It says, I said in my heart, go to now, prove thee with myrrh, therefore enjoy pleasure. Enjoy pleasure. Wow, 700 wives and 300 concubines. Oh, yeah. You'd think you would have been the happiest man in all the world, but it's vanity. It says, and behold, that's a stop looking listen word. He said, this also is vanity. Wow. Number three, he went after wine. Look at verse number three. I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine. Wow. Take your Bible and turn back to uh, Proverbs chapter number 20. I didn't write the Bible. I just preached the Word. Amen? And uh, it's a lot better than my red-headed opinion. Amen? Uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse number 1. Look what the Bible says. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Wow, what a powerful verse. Turn to Proverbs chapter 23. Uh-oh. There's a little more commentary here on what the Word of God says. Look at verse number 29, Proverbs 23, 29. The Bible says, Who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babbling, who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes, we call those bloodshot eyes. Here's who has those things. They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. We know what that moving itself, that's that fermentation, isn't it? Fermentation. And uh, now I remember one time, preacher, uh, I had a bunch of hogs, and, and I didn't know what would happen, but I had some corn. I, I, we had a man in our church, in my daddy's church, that he was the district manager for oral wheat bread stores. And so all this bread that was outdated, man, I'd get like trailer loads of, uh, of bread. And, man, I'd take it home, and I'd, I'd feed it to my hogs. And, man, they just gobble that stuff up, you know. And it was all wheat, you know. So, I mean, it's like feeding them grain. Well, as they get closer, and we'd make whole hog sausage or have it made, and I'd sell a, a three-pound, uh, or, or let's see, a, a pound of, of pork sausage, whole hog sausage for, for, for $3. It's $3 a stick for a two-pound, so it's a dollar and a half a pound. But anyway, um, so I went out one day, and I'd been soaking some corn, you know, as the hogs would get, you know, the bread and all that. Well, I wanted to kind of warm them up a little bit so that, you know, the corn, whole corn would just kind of run through them. So I thought, I'll soak it, make it soft, and they'll get more value out of it. I did not know that that stuff fermented. <laughs> I went out there one day, and my hogs was going this way, and they was going that way, and I thought I had some kind of dreaded disease, and they just all drunk. <laughs> my hogs were all drunk, falling all over themselves, and all of that, and I kind of took them off that corner, man. They all got better pretty quick, you know. But um, anyway, look at your Bible there, uh, and let's read on. Um, and it says, uh, look not thou, verse number 23, or verse number 20, 32, though, uh, when it moves itself aright, and it says, at last it biteth like a serpent, it's talking about this wine stuff and drinking, and sting, stingeth like an adder, thine eyes shall behold strange women. That's not good. And thine heart shall utter perverse things. That's not good. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. You ever heard somebody say, I can handle my drinking? 
but they couldn't handle their drinking, could they? Yeah, no, their drinking was handling them. How many of y'all have seen the effects um, of alcohol in somebody's life? At some point in your life, you've seen that with a friend or somebody, maybe even somebody you didn't know. I remember when I was a little boy, my dad uh, got saved and all that, but he was, my dad was a safety director, personnel man for a trucking company, you know, back when, before he got saved, and, and I was a little boy, and he was going over to this guy's house, and they would, and the guy, and people weren't home, they were gone, and he went up and knocked on the door, and about that time they pulled in, I'm a little boy, and I'm in the back seat of the car, and this man, his wife was driving, and they got the man out of the car, and the man like threw up, he was drunk, I mean he was plastered, or however you want to say it, I mean he was bad drunk, and he just threw up this big old pile of beer, and I don't even know, it was bad y'all, it was, and as a little boy I saw that, and I thought, wow, wow, and you know back when I was growing up in the 60s, you know, when we went to church, uh, scripture memory was real big, you know, and we was learning all these Bible verses, and our Sunday school teachers would teach off of a flannelgraph board. And they put the Bible pictures and just, just teach from the Bible, you know, teach you the Bible stories. And they put the, the pictures up on it. It was big time, you know. And they were prepared. And they loved God. They loved their classes. They prayed for us all week long. And how many of y'all remember them dates? And that was a blessing. And those, those uh, Sunday school teachers were consecrated. They loved the Lord. And that was their ministry was to teach boys and girls the Bible. Amen. Well, anyway, I heard all this preaching about drinking. And I knew it was wrong. But I began to run around. Uh, as a lost preacher's kid, my mom and dad in, in Bible college and all that, and I, I, I was running around with the wrong crowd, and I wanted to be cool. And all of my life I'd heard preaching against drinking and all that. So one day, I locked myself in the bathroom, and I opened up the medicine cabinet. And I was so ignorant, which it's good to be ignorant about wicked things, but I grabbed the, the white bottle and said, rubbing alcohol. And I didn't know the difference between rubbing alcohol and, and other kind. And you know, I, I'm 11 years old, so at that time, I, I go by my initials. At that time, my initials stood for juvenile delinquent. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, so I'm there for pastor. And, and you know, I, I mean, I don't know about the bone, you know, skull and crossbones and call poison control. And you don't even, I mean, I can't, I don't even, I'm not paying attention to that. All that I'm doing, I'm just thinking, man, I want to be cool. You know, and so I opened that thing up and I took me a swig and listen, it burned all the way down to my toenails. And I haven't had a drink since then, amen. I thought that's what being cool is. I haven't had worms either, amen. So I just took care of everybody. But anyway, oh Solomon said, I went after wine and he said, Hey, it's vanity too. And I would say, Yeah, you're right, it's vanity. I'm all of it, vanity. Vanity of vanity. And then, so he went after wisdom, he went after women, he went after wine. And then number four, he went after wealth. Look at chapter two and verse number four. And, and you can kind of look back up at the beginning of the chapter two there. And he, he had a lot of I, 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 I will, I said, I saw, you know, just not my, I, you know. But you get down to verse number four. And he said, I made me great works. I built me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. And I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of kings and of the 
excuse me, and of the provinces. I get me men singers and women singers, and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. Verse number nine. So I was great, increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. Look at verse number ten. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and that was the portion that was, uh, and this was the portion of all my labor. Now, everybody, listen to me. You know, so he went after wisdom, he went after women, he went after wine, he went after wealth. You would have thought that he would have been the happiest guy in all the world. And I think, honestly, we could probably, just most people, we could drop them into one of these four categories as to what most people are going after today in the world. Are you listening to me? Okay. In verse number 11, the Bible says, Then I looked, Solomon said, under right the inspiration of God, he said, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, that's a stop looking listen word, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. Watch this little statement. And there was no profit under the sun. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I tried everything that the world has to offer, and it's, it's, it's empty, y'all. It didn't satisfy. Are, are you listening to me? It didn't satisfy. And then look down at verse number 17. Wow, this is unbelievable. Everything everybody's chasing after, he had it all. And, and uh, man, look at verse 17. He said, therefore, I hated life. Because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me. For all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun. Because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And who, know whether, who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool. Yet, have, uh, yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored. And wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. Wow. Vanity. Vanity, vanity, vanity. It's empty. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalms 24. Psalms 24. I'm glad we're in a revival. God said, seek my face. Seek my face is what he said. Come yourselves and pray, seek my face. Don't forget this either. Uh, Psalms 24.1. The Bible says, Psalms 24.1, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend in the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? Watch this now, verse number 4. He that hath clean hands. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. If we're going to have revival, we need clean hands and we need a pure heart. And look at this next little statement. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Wow. You know, those of us that are saved, we're going to stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. And it's either going to be gold, silver, and precious stone, or it's going to be wood, hay, and stubble. Every man's work is going to be tried of what sort it is. And, and the fire is going to reveal what, what, what sort of work we did for the Lord. 
Take your Bibles and turn back to Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. The last book in Ecclesiastes. He has a word for young people in verse 12. Remember now, Ecclesiastes 12, 1. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, and thou shalt say, I have no pleasure. Then look at verse number 8. Ecclesiastes 12, 8. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, all is vanity. Verse number 13, you just kind of summarize it, kind of boils it all down for us. Verse number 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Fear God and keep His commandments. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. You know the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, beholding the evil and the good. My little grandson... I really think he was probably my most spiritual grandson. I've got a grandson that just graduated from Hartman Baptist Bible College this last year. And uh, he's my oldest grandson. And he was the, you know, the, the preacher of the year. And we knew he could preach, but we didn't know everybody else knew. But they kind of voted him. And he's a good young preacher, great expository. Just a good young Bible preacher, you know. And I'm proud of him and uh, love him and all that. His name's Dylan, Dylan Moanax, my oldest daughter's son. Uh, his son. But anyway, his younger brother, or one of his younger brothers, the next brother in line, is the little boy that, that uh, said, Papa, you know, it's a big buck. Papa, can I preach? And I, I really, when he prayed as a little boy, I really thought, and God still may do something with his life, but I really thought he would, was going to be something for the Lord. He was a spiritual little boy, and that's unusual, you know, to be that little. He just kind of had a little touch of God on his life as a little boy, desiring the Lord and all that. Well, you know, he grew up, and he didn't go to Bible college, and uh, he's 19 years old now, so that would have been 10 years ago when he preached that sermon, but he's a, an excellent diesel mechanic, a diesel mechanic, 19 years old, he's a diesel, I mean, full-blown, he's doing, he's gotten all kinds of certifications, and he's making like $33 an hour, he's doing good. And uh, he still checks with me. Yeah, he goes to my church, and man, he just got a heart for the Lord. And so uh, he went to Memphis the other day for some training. He's working in the world. Uh, and the boss man said, uh, Jack, he said, uh, if you want to bring your girlfriend, you can bring her. And my grandson said, no, I, 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 don't, I don't do that. He said, Dylan, the guys go out at nighttime to the strip clubs. My grandson said, he's 6'3", and he is a moose. He's a big dick. I mean, he can hurt somebody. He's a bruiser. But he said, no, sir. He said, uh, I won't be doing that either. I don't believe in that either. Yeah. I'm real, real proud of him. Soldier at the cross. And uh, 
we had a missionary with us the other day, and, and he's a missionary to the country of Egypt, so he's kind of under the radar, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, but he used to work for uh, Caterpillar, and he's kind of got that mind that, you know, knew the engines and stuff, and so him and my grandson kind of connected, and my grandson came up and said, Paul, Paul, go out to meet with, with missionaries and if it be okay, I'd like to pick up the tab. And I thought, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. My grandson believed in feeding the preacher. Amen. Yeah, it's good. But you know, hey, I'm just saying, I just want to be a good boy. Yeah, I just want to be a good boy. I don't know where you're at in all this, but uh, I think a lot of people will find out maybe seeking his face quite as much as we should. The songwriter said it like this. By and by when I look on his face, beautiful face, thorn shadowed face, by and by when I look on his face, I wish I'd give him more. By and by when he holds out his hands, nail-written hands, by and by when he holds out his hands, I wish I just think revival time is a time where we just kind of say, Lord, you know, I want my hands to be clean, I want my heart to be clean, and I just want to be a good little boy, and if I was a girl, you could say, I just want to be a good little boy, Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Thank you all for listening. The Bible's powerful, isn't it? Amen. Trying to sneak up one year or anything or beat you over the head with the bottle so the Spirit of God work on your heart. And I don't know how you'd like to finish, but I'd like to finish seeking His face. That's the way I'd like to finish my life. Seeking the Lord's face. How many of you say, Preacher, would you pray for pray with me? Pray for me. I too want to seek the Lord's face. I'd like to finish that way too. Would you stick your hand up? God bless you. God bless your hands all over. Well, if you're here tonight and you're lost, you say, Preacher, I'm not sure if I die today, but heaven would be my home. Preacher, I sure don't want to die. Go to hell. Is anybody here like that tonight? Say, Preacher, I'm lost. I need to be saved. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up? You're not sure of your salvation. Amen. How many say, Preacher, I don't know what's happening, but God's doing something in my heart this week. It's been a real blessing, just kind of a breath of fresh air. Almost like the weather this week. Boy, God's giving us good, you know, just good, crisp, cool weather in the middle of August. That's a miracle. It's a miracle here in Missouri. And I'm so thankful that God's doing that. But, you know, it's refreshing, isn't it? The weather's refreshing. The rain and, and, and the cooler weather, it's very refreshing during the dog days of summer. Amen? God's in control of the weather, isn't it? Well, hey, what about spiritually speaking? You know, sometimes we get dry. I do. Sometimes I get dry. Sometimes I get to where I'm kind of unconcerned and I'm not where I need to be with the, with the good Lord. And then I just need to get my heart right because I want to be a good Lord. I want to be a good Lord. Father, bless the invitation now, Lord. Just work on people's hearts. Well, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can bring your seat. You can come to the altar, whatever you feel led to do. And uh, preachers pray, pray uh, playing right now for us. Let us give the Lord a little time to work on our hearts. Amen. I know it's hard to get, get get down and get up up here, but we understand all that. Man, Ben was on the 